Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we've got Travis here to talk this week in TV. Hi, Travis. Hi, guys. All right, well, let's hop right in, I guess, with some Supergirl talk. What did you think of this week's episode, Wake Up, Travis? Uh, I enjoyed it. It didn't like move along the main storyline, I thought, but it did clue up the Manel like part from last year. But uh, they done it pretty fast. But there were still some pretty cool scenes, and we got to see Saturn Girl and Manel did go to the thirty first century, like we speculated earlier. Yeah, right. That's how so I, I guess we'll too. Yeah, Manel, like it was, it was really fast. The, the they brought him back and resolved the whole like, oh, I'm married to somebody else storyline really really quickly so i was i was hoping that maybe we'd get a little more of an arc with that but i i guess we'll i'll still wait to see what else they do with monel going forward well I, i'm glad they didn't drag out the whole he's married to someone but doesn't tell Kara for three episodes or anything like that i'm glad they got that done and over with in the first episode and yeah i'm i'm sort of i was positive on, i like seeing monel last year uh he was a fun character i did have some issues with him but it was cool to see sort of him grown up a little even though he's you know he hasn't aged as much as his character and he just put on a beard uh but it was cool to see a different different version of Manel. yeah yeah so what about this whole we got really some development on the samantha slash rain story what'd you think of that zach uh i like this it again it's just so kind of cool and different that we're getting to see like the origin of a villain as opposed to just meeting a villain you don't really know. Um, we're kind of getting that on Flash, too. But um, on Supergirl, it was cool, too, because it was it's almost like reverse Smallville. Like, if Clark had been found by the wrong person or if he had been evil and sent to the wrong person or something like that, and, you know, we get to go out to the barn and see the pod, and she gets her own fortress and everything. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. Um, I was hoping, sort of hoping that, you know, she would turn evil because like slow, more slowly, like it wouldn't be something just is awoken in her and she's evil. I thought it would be more like her motivations to become evil are like because she had a crappy life and her mom wasn't good and, you know, something bad happens maybe to her Ruby and she decides that she's going to become evil instead of just like, you know, somebody flipping the switch on her. Yeah, I thought that she was something would happen to Ruby and that would make her like become rain like I, that was pretty quick uh change from samantha to rain but uh, the whole time zach was talking i was like please don't say uh, a name for the fortress because i was thinking fortress <laughs> of sanditude <laughs> but no it was complete like like zach says complete reverse from smileville for clark except it's in the desert instead of the Arctic. Like, it's pretty cool, I gotta say. I, I enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy how quickly she... I figured it would take a couple more episodes into the future. Like, she would leave that place, and it would just draw her back. But she just immediately became rain. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen, mind you, but I just thought it was pretty quick. Yeah. I agree 100% with you guys. Like, I thought... I really liked how they did the reverse Superman type of story origin and showed showed all of that backstory uh, sort of mythology of rain and everything like that but also it was just like oh you're evil we're just gonna make you evil uh when, you know i i wanted to see that development that turn into evil sam's been a, a cool person so far i don't know why she would just turn evil other than she is programmed to 
So I, it would have been nice to see it sort of develop. And we're seven episodes in. Um, we've got, what, 15 left in Supergirl this year. I think you have plenty of time where you could have developed it, developed her sooner. Unless, you know, my guess is they want to get to the point where next week's the crossover. Then they can do sort of that mid-season finale where Rain is here and ready to cause some trouble. Yeah, that does make sense. Do you guys think she's going to get like a redemption arc? Do you think Supergirl's going to be able to like kind of flip her back and like, you know, remind her, hey, here's your daughter and you actually are a good person? They're yeah, obviously- that's what I was thinking was uh, is how evil is she? Is she completely all the way or is she go home, still take care of Ruby and just hide the evil? How evil is she? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to split her human and Kryptonian side. And then the human side is going to st- Henry James Olsen. And then that's how it's going to be revealed. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I, I think it's too soon to guess on redemption or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Does she just go home and be a mom? I don't know. <laughs> these, are, these are questions I ponder. At night. <laughs> <laughs> this is what keeps you up. Uh, I will. We got more on the the Jean and his father and uh, lots of cool stuff in this. Carl Lumbly is just great. And it was, yeah. he's, he's like such a sort of a subtle performance and he's just so good at it. Uh, he hasn't been to the bathroom since he arrived on earth. I, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And I love all that little stuff. I don't know how Martian bodies work, but I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. He does it. He does a really good job of this. Yeah. Sometimes you can hear John Jones from JLU. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that we got to see more of that and finally kind of address the fact that I guess Hank has just been living at the DEO. Like, does he like sleep in a hammock there or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that we got to address some of that work-life balance. I I will also say Supergirl probably wasn't the the one that struggled with this the most, but I think all of the shows, Flash and Arrow in particular, sort of like you could tell that there's a crossover next week because it was it was almost like they sort of rushed through a storyline. They had to get the characters to yeah. a certain place for the crossover to start. I don't know. I, no, I definitely felt that at the end of Arrow. Um, and I thought all of them sort of like, we need to wrap this up and then have the crossover. Um, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I know the crossover is coming. Yeah. No, I think you're right there, Tom, because normally before the crossovers, they'd have the eighth episode, and in the ninth episode, gen- before the break, is generally the one where it goes up against the big bad. So, like you said, when that eighth episode's cut out, now you got to clue everything up in the seventh episode to like show up a showdown for the ninth one, for the clue, for the go to the break. Right, absolutely. That's what, that's what it seems like what they're getting to. All right, on to The Flash, Therefore I Am. What did you think about this episode, Zach? Uh, I thought they did a, a really good job. I'm glad that we finally got to see like where did the thinker come from and a little bit of his motivation. I still that's what I'm I'm most confused about right now is like okay, but why are you evil? Like I understand that this happened to you, but you did it on purpose. Like why are you evil? But um, yeah, it was it was a really good episode without a ton of flash action, but we got to see Barry really use his like detective skills, and I'm so glad that at least one person and it was Barry. I'm glad it was Barry like didn't trust DeVoe and like just kept after it instead of just being like, Oh, he said he's a good person and he's in a wheelchair. So obviously he's not a bad guy. <laughs> what do you think, Travis? When Cisco, when I'm just thinking about what Zach said, when Cisco was pointing at Wells and was like, yeah, is it because of the wheelchair? <laughs> that, that was right. 
I enjoyed it a lot. I, I was thinking about you guys when I was watching this, actually, when they were doing DeVoe flashbacks, because you guys have had some questions about DeVoe since we've hit, had him here, because his, his story hasn't really been, like, threshed out as much. But I must say, like, I, lo- I love this. Barry, why wouldn't you vibrate your face when you're in? Yeah. That's the one thing I was, the first thing when he broke in, I complained about that. But DeVoe was ahead of the group the entire time. And like Zach said, it's nice that Barry was the only one that wouldn't fool the hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I don't want to dwell on this. I think I'm definitely in the minority here, but I did not like this episode at all. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, one person knows the truth, but everybody else thinks they're being crazy. I'm not really a fan of that, but it can be okay if there's some suspense or something like that. But since the audience knows that DeVoe is the thinker, so we know Barry's right. So it sort of takes the suspense away. And I mean, I, I just don't want to see, I like variety in my superheroes. I just don't want to see a superhero earn a restraining order and deserve to be fired from his <laughs> job and me to be on the villain side. Uh, I thought Barry <laughs> was not a very, um, not very likable and not very intelligent in this episode. He knows that DeVoe has a camera in Star Labs. So he breaks into DeVoe's house and just wearing a hoodie, which I don't know if he's ever done that before, with his face right. uncovered, doesn't vibrate his face, doesn't move at super speed, uh, just stands there where there's probably going to be a camera. So uh, that, it was a really frustrating episode to me. But I'm, I might have to rewatch and try to just focus on the just fast forward to the flashback stuff with DeVoe to get more out of that. But the rest of it, I was not a fan of. I will say that the if I like, okay, if I try to replay this episode in my mind, the only parts I see are him like talking to DeVoe and the DeVoe flashbacks, because especially the part where like the rest of the team doesn't trust him. I think I just like totally forgot about it as soon as I watched it because right, it didn't really have any impact, but I don't know. Maybe I don't think I've, I'm not as down on it as you are, but I, I still just really wanted to see what's going on with DeVoe, and so I'm glad we got that. Uh, I really enjoyed the flashbacks as well. Did you get the little nod there where Harrison Wells, a.k.a. Ebert like knew that DeVoe was like the thinker? Right. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, flashbacks to old Eobard there are, are always fun. I always like seeing more of him, especially Tom Cavanaugh playing that version. Yeah, he can play anything, and like I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure the thinker's just gonna try and get the Flash's body from this from the scenes we've seen. Like his body failing him, and I assume like I said, the pretty sure time when we done the preview that I thought the thinker would want fat Flash's body just because he can think as fast as the fast thinker as fast as the thinker can possibly think. Blah, that was hard to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely a good point. You might want his body. Um, so I turns out Travis isn't entirely crazy. I saw a brought to you by Microsoft Surface the stretch scene. I don't know if this is actually in the in the on the replays or what if it's actually a commercial that just has it or if it's part of the episode because I don't remember seeing one when you first saw it. But yeah, yeah. there's this paid scene, stretch scene, which is a mostly useless scene. Ralph Divney comes in says hi to Iris. Uh, but brought to you by Microsoft Surface. If it wasn't obvious that they said it, they just showed a Microsoft Surface the whole time. Look at all this wedding planning I can do on my Microsoft <laughs> Surface. Um, uh, yeah, that was weird. I've never, I don't remember anything like that any, anywhere else. So I don't know if it plays like on the app or. Well, I was watching on when you watch Android. it live because that's what I did this time. 
I was watching an Android box and I got the CW feed from so okay. that's where I seen the banner on the bottom that advertised that what you're saying. So <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know if it I think they're using stretch because Dibney, like just because he's in this season, but I think to me that meant like this is a longer scene with a less commercial break. So it's like a stretched scene, it's longer and instead of showing you more commercials, we're just gonna put a Microsoft Surface in your face. Oh, so it's a it's a pun, is what you're saying, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I think so. I'll have to do some <laughs> research on this, but I'm I'm. It's glad to know that that Travis isn't entirely crazy. I yeah. think we all know that that just led to the return that boosted the budget and led to the return of Wally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel so horrible because I forgot again until you mentioned that. Like, hey guys, remember me? Oh yeah, yeah you're gone. <laughs> that's so terrible. I like Wally too. Just too, yeah. too many people with powers, man. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> Star Labs is so crowded that they could have half of the roster in there, and I wouldn't even realize who's missing unless I had to count them or something. Because there's just right. so many people in there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad Wally's back, though. I, I feel bad for not remembering he was gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. All right. So he's back in time for the crossover. It looks like. Yeah. That's well, that's right. He, he had to show up to the wedding, I say. Right. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Wedding crossover, the important stuff. Uh, well, on to the Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, go ahead. Professor Singh in the uh, Professor. Look, uh, the guy who runs the precinct in the in the coming preview for the crossover, and then everything turns to crap, and Flash is using his powers, so maybe he finds out that he's the Flash in that episode. Just a little throw out there for Flash. <laughs> That's a good prediction. All right. Well, Legends of Tomorrow, what'd you think of this episode? We get to see Grodd and Mick meets his father. What'd you think, Travis? I really like this episode for Mick. Like we got to see a bit of his backstory and he obviously blamed his father for a lot, but realized halfway through what his father had to encounter over there. And I thought that Dominic Purcell nailed it. It was great. And Grodd, yeah, I always having Grodd is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one was like way heavier than a normal Legends episode. It felt like they dealt with some pretty like dark stuff. And right as it opened and they were like, it was in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. I'm like, oh man, they could really mishandle this if they tried to be too goofy. (laughs) So I'm glad that they went a little, you know, a little less light and dealt with some serious stuff. And yeah, it actually worked really well, which is kind of surprising because Legends isn't known for dealing with the serious stuff all that well. Right. And I I think they're at their best when they sort of, balance that and have some some serious stuff in there mixed with the the goofiness but yeah i thought it was it was a good performance a good good appearance of grod um making his father stuff that was all good and yeah it was nice seeing the the vietnam war uh setting and i thought that that worked really good because they've had you know like you said with them being goofy zach you know we've been to just about every war it seems like uh some at some right. point or another on this show and this was sort of the most most serious they treated it and i wonder if that's because it's it's still uh fresh in the minds of a lot of people and you know a lot of people around still that live through that so i wonder if that's why they treated it seriously or it just matched with the theme of the episode they were going for but it it worked pretty well yeah something else we i guess we learned that all the anachronisms involve people's family members which they've they kind of put together now because we got to see mick's father so it's interesting i guess they think maybe Damien Dark is messing with them by 
making them deal with their family members, but they're going to run out of family members soon. So maybe they're going to like, I guess not. Maybe they'll start running into their cousins in the 1300s or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What'd you think of that, Travis? Uh, I'm just hoping no one runs into their third cousin twice removed. (laughs) Right. I enjoyed this a lot, and like you were saying, there's definitely a connection there. How many they figured it out finally? Like we were, I think we were speculating that last episode or a couple episodes back. And Grad, Grad, Grad on top of that, uh, of the way rider, that was wicked. And oh, that was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) We also got a little bit more of the firestorm story uh, going forward. It, It looks like you know. We're gonna get. We're obviously getting towards a conclusion to that. But what do you think of that point, Zach? Yeah, I think they. I think they maybe could have waited an episode because I think maybe during the crossover we'll see them actually separate or soon afterwards. And so now that they've been talking about it and hinting at it for so long, they maybe could have like started in an episode later and not had it drawn out so much. But it's okay. It's not like. I don't know. It gives them something to do and gives them a reason <laughs> to stay on the ship and have some more goofiness that isn't during the Vietnam War. So it worked okay. Uh, what do you guys think of Malice? He's assembled quite a crew now. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting crew, I would say. Derek and Grog are going to have to butt heads for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anybody intelligent would clash with Damien Dark. Uh, like he just doesn't seem fun to work with if if i were a super villain i i would not like uh running into him he just he's not someone you want to team up with yeah but that makes me think we're going to get to the sort of classic heroes versus villains uh team up things it it always falls apart because the villains just can't get along with each other yeah they're always out for their own interests <laughs> all right well anything else for legends of tomorrow i think we covered everything i had to say uh, yeah. well i was surprised that there was a new episode of arrow with it being thanksgiving in the u.s but i guess they this is an episode they needed to have before the crossover obviously starts monday so we get to see you know diggles having his trouble caden james is causing other troubles and we get oliver back as green arrow what do you think of this episode travis uh i liked it but i didn't love it because like you said before just clued up a couple things pretty quickly after they were building a bit towards towards it from the start of the season because the crossover is next and then you got the last episode before Christmas. So I thought they clued up stuff pretty quickly, but I enjoyed like Black Siren and Caden James work pretty well together. You've seen from the three times they got he's a pretty good tactician and he's not a big fan of her killing, but she didn't the last time she was there she could have went at the group tried to kill him but she listened to him and just escaped with the whatever they were after i can't remember now exactly yeah right so Caden james uh, was really good in this episode that actor is he's just i don't know he's so good at being tactical and sort of creepy um he, he makes a good intelligent villain and and i liked seeing that um so that was nice at least yeah um, uh one other thing with the Diggle. Do you think the Diggle thing cleared up pretty quickly, in your opinion? Do I think it cleared up? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's a hundred percent done with that, but I mean, I am glad Diggle sort of everybody knows now. And I thought that was some of the heart-to-heart scenes between Oliver and Diggle are some of the better scenes of this series usually. 
And so, you know, them arguing, you can see they both have points and you can kind of see where both of them are coming from. And and I thought that was handled well again. Yeah, I had a note there. Very good scenes between Oliver and Dig. I also had a funny thing where Black Canary and Quentin were binding over letting murderers go that still kill people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of a, a touching, touching weird moment. You know, uh, there's someone where we feel a connection to and they kill people, but we, we didn't want to we didn't want to harm them. Yeah. And uh, I'm also glad that they done the Green Arrow uh, return. They built, made it a little bit bigger than they did the last time he came back. Right. There was a little there was a little bit of a build up, but it was still um it did seem a, a hair rushed just story wise, you know, I like I don't know. If this happened two weeks ago it wouldn't have pulled Oliver out of into being Green Arrow, but he needed to be because next week is the crossover. It's how it felt to me. Well he's lying to his son too is the worst thing that he said. Like I can't believe that he could have been out of straight up with That's terrible. And if there's anything we we learn from Arrow especially, like you can't if you lie, it will come back to bite you. That's that is like the biggest theme of the show. It's a, they repeatedly do that. So I'm I was very disappointed, especially because he was just talking to Diggle about lying and not not being honest and how that can hurt the team. And then he just lies to his son that the Green Arrow was not out. So that was really disappointing. I don't know how that was gonna how that's gonna tie back in later, but I'm sure it's gonna come back to to bite Oliver. The only way I can see it being passable is because of the investigation and the trial, he just don't want, if he doesn't know anything, the better. That could be a way to pass it off, but because it's not looking good for Oliver when, when in terms of the FBI, he's going to trial, it looks like. Right, we didn't even mention that, that no. Oliver is on trial. <laughs> we completely forgot it. <laughs> we, wall- we wallied it. Yeah, I guess, they're, <laughs> I guess they're going to, I don't know how they're going to resolve this. I think Oliver is going to be out as the, the green arrow most likely um because if not they if not they really dragged out this storyline for nothing <laughs> and i think that's the main reason why he has to come out as green arrow um but what'd you what'd you think of that trial situation travis i thought that the that fbi lady uh she made i don't know what kind of like evidence she has i'm dying to know like could it be a previous person or something it, it like i can't wait to see that but I don't know. Like everyone should know already that he is <laughs> Green Arrow after this is the third time and they're right. Right. But why not just like I know I guess like, like he's off. He's minor for murder for seven counts. I think so. I guess you can't just say I'm Green Arrow because they'll be coming for you and your son. Right. Yeah. You have better have pretty good proof that those are all self defense if you're uh, if you're going to be doing that. Um, I'm just interested to see. Will we have a trial? Let's. What's the way? To, like, will the government try to get and just be an operative for them and make all the charges go away? Who, who knows? I just can't, I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. I'm glad they yeah. didn't rush part. Right. I, I'm 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 very interested to see what they know. You know, I think they're it's going to come out as him as Green Arrow, but I think there's a lot of ways you can do with that and then sort of resolve that. So, well, are you guys ready for the crossover? Yeah, man. <sighs> can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> So I've, watched I've, I've watched the trailer a couple times. Huh? <laughs> I'm glad it's a it's a two night thing. So I I don't always watch live. I I rarely do actually. But when it's those the crossover, I try to watch live when they're when they come out. And so that's really easier for me to watch two nights back to back. And I'm hoping uh, it looks like it'll be a good time. 
yeah, I'm going to have to try to get in and watch it live too because I got a couple of people that tweets tweets it live anyway. So if I get on Twitter later, it'll probably ruin it for me. So I'm going to have to try and watch it live. And it's essentially like a four, uh, probably a three hour movie for us. Pretty close. Right. Do you have any crazy predictions for it, Travis? That uh, Stein is going to die, I think. But not die. He's going to merge with uh, Jax for good. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> I I don't know. I think that's one of those two things that are possible. I don't I don't want to see uh Victor Garber gone for good. So I hope I just want them to keep that door open. I also want Martin to have a happy ending because this dude has uh, you know, it, he wanted an adventure. He was selfish and wanted an adventure, but he's been away from his family for two and a half years now. So I kind of want him to get a happy ending, go back, you know, he had his fun and now he's back to uh to live with his family and, and enjoy that so i hope he gets a happy ending otherwise that wouldn't be good yeah i i do too um yeah i'm hoping that he gets to go hang out with his his daughter and his grandchild <laughs> the worst thing i don't want to be party pooper but he did create uh his daughter and grandson from going on that event or and creating that mechanism so maybe he's gonna have to pay the ultimate price for it <laughs> that's true you know might have to trade himself maybe that comes up to yeah that's not that's not a bad, bad theory. I think it's possible. Um, yeah. Well, we know he's going to go, right? He's going for due to play. So that's why I'm throwing him out there as a possibility that maybe we're going to have somebody die. And they're talking about, mur- they're talking about getting fire storm out of it anyway. So maybe you'll just hear Scatter Jefferson in his head echo every once in a while during Legends Night. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think when it's, it's such a, we talk about how many characters there are. Well, uh, there's that many characters there's however many villains i think there's got to be some sort of uh some sort of serious stakes i don't think everyone can get get out of there unscathed when there's that big of a battle yeah it's true yeah all right well, we'll be talking a lot about that next week so we will do that uh lucifer had another episode this week but gotham was off just if anybody was wondering uh, i won't get into too much details there but that's all we've got for today travis let everybody know where they can get a hold of you uh, you can find me at Travis underscore one five six on Twitter. Just drop me a message and we'll talk DC anytime. That's right. And, and don't tweet him any spoilers on Monday or Tuesday about the crossover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, Batman Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and DCDailyDrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.